Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you heard all the rave about the new Quick Grill located inside the Be Quick Chevron on Veterans Boulevard? Come visit Be Quick Chevron along with Quick Grill, Be Quick Food Marts, your locally owned hometown convenience store, wherever you are. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things when you're streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. But, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And today we're kicking off with a great thing that's happening in Cleveland, Cleveland Central Middle School, to be exact. Go Wolfpacks, right? Right. It's the Wolfpack Wellness Program. They've just been awarded a large lump sum of money that's going to be up to some good. Joining us is Todd Davis to tell us a little bit more. Hey, Todd. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. I know, and you are not in Mississippi. You are on the slopes, I do believe. So what's the snow like in Idaho? Not great today, but actually we are down at the University of Idaho about to attend a women's basketball game. My daughter is... All of a sudden, all into basketball. So we're going to try to foster that as much as possible. You know what? That There are worse things your college daughter could be into, Todd. So we will definitely wish her luck and appreciate your time telling us about what's happening back here in Mississippi, where you work. You work at Delta State University and this wellness program there at the Cleveland Central Middle School. How did this all come about? Yeah, great question. I mean, we... Um, yes, I do work at the university. Um, this is sort of an outside passion project. I have just really been involved in public education. Um, my parents and family were involved in public education. Cleveland went through this transitional period where we had some leadership issues, and then, of course, the pandemic really didn't help any small-town America school. But, you know, we really have been committed to creating uh, a relationship with our families and our children in the Cleveland area, and really you're trying to foster new programs and new ideas. And so last year... With new leadership at the superintendent level, we approached her, Dr. Lisa Bermucci, and asked, you know, what kind of things can we do as families and as to support the initiative? And really what formulated with that was to, to create a nonprofit called the Friends of the Cleveland School District. And we are, you know, 100% aligning ourselves with our leadership in the district to find ways that we can wedge in initiatives and programs, things that, you know, might not be able to be purchased by the district for whatever reasons or, you know, if there's a lack of resources or a lack of personnel. And so one area that we identified that was critical was our middle school. Um, middle schools across the country are <laughs> a difficult realm. You know, there's just um, a lot of debate about middle school age and appropriate curriculum and, and such. But one thing that we have had that's been very successful is our garden education program, which makes sense, right, Rebecca? I mean, we're in the Mississippi mm-hmm. Delta. We need to have agricultural science programs so that our kids know that there is a career 
you know, regardless of what type of career, there's a career in mechanics, in farming, in agricultural industry, in science, that all revolves around basically garden education, plant-based, you know, education. So we worked really hard and built this um, program called the Wolfpack Wellness Program that will be housed at the middle school, and it's very comprehensive. It'll, it will involve intramural sports programming, um, walking trails, outdoor programming, um, and such. But the, the first thing was to build, you know, this garden education, plant-based research program, because we had a very successful program, and we have continued to have very, a very successful program at Bell Academy. Um, Blue Cross Blue Shield Foundation funded that years ago, and it has been just an award-winning elementary program. And so we needed to segue something into the middle school where we can continue that science and, you know, show kids that there, is, there are careers out there in Ag Sci. When you give them the opportunity, Todd, and you open their eyes to what's possible, do you find that the children are receptive to being more curious about careers in that route instead of maybe just playing basketball, no pun intended, to your to your daughter, or just, right. you know, going into sports or just going into, you know, some of the other more traditionals? Do you see that they're open to those career routes? We do. And, I mean, one thing that we have – so we did some research – with the elementary kids, and it was pretty shocking. I mean, these kids are savvy, but they really respect the time in the garden. And some of the comments from them were, you know, this is a this is my nature time. This is a time where I can hear and see things without worrying about two times two and six times six. These are, you know, I, I can come out here and relax and breathe fresh air. And, I mean, we're talking about a very small-scale garden at Bell Academy. So, and yes, there has been some, there have been some students that have said, you know, I, I, I'm curious more about like what this does for this or what this does for that. And there have been some students that have done their science fair projects on particular things in plant-based education. So we are, yes, there is a garden club currently, and this is going to be, you know, this is going to expand it enormous, uh, enormously at the middle school. But yes, we are anticipating um, we're working with our VO and, a VOTEC and career readiness program at Cleveland so that there might be some more, you know, segue into high school ag programs. We're going to be bringing in the Mississippi State University Extension Program to do lectures, um, Stoneville Research Center in the Delta. They are already committed to coming and doing some, you know, lecture-based educational platforms that discuss career. So, yes, we are anticipating a significant growth in the mindset of what AgSci can do for a career. Todd, I know this was a great thing. It was a $187,000 investment to sort of build this wellness program there at Cleveland Middle. Is that one reason why other schools may not have already jumped on this bandwagon or maybe a roadblock to them sort of bringing in this kind of, um, a, a kind of, I guess, initiative or these opportunities to their students is the fact that it does take an investment to build structure around these type of courses and opportunities? I mean, yeah, I think, you know, Mississippi has been really invested across the board with different kind of grant funders and, and, and developers about trying to integrate positive, healthy things at a young age. You know, we're talking about life skills and, and lifetime choices. And I do think because we're in Mississippi, there has been this sort of transitional thought process about, you know, how do we get people to invest in health and wellness? Well, I mean, we do have significant issues still facing our communities with food deserts. You know, we, we do have issues with nutrition and, and the proper education behind nutrition. Um, 
And I do think the garden part is one of those things where when you realize where your food comes from and you can realize how things work and sort of the science behind food, especially at a young age, I'm hoping that builds some intrigue with these young minds. But from these foundations looking down, yeah, I do think there has been this investment about I mean, I've even talked to Blue Cross Blue Shield Foundation, and they are, you know, continually interested in building this you know, garden education and nutrition education program because that really is the pivotal piece in a human life is when when you don't make the right nutrition choices or you don't know where your food comes from or you don't know how to eat healthy, it, it does, it, you know, it, it can wreck your your entire life. Um, and we see that over and over again. So I do think that Mississippi foundations across the board are seeing the ag science programs and these, when you can intertwine them in the curriculum and build some type of sustainable garden program, I think that they are willing to look at funding options and look at ways to do it. And I don't think there's any barriers. Um, I just think that people need to start thinking about how you can sustain these garden programs, how you can work with your community schools, um, you know, how you can build a nonprofit that, that can also sustain and be operational so that you can apply for these funding. So, Todd, if someone's listening to good things and thinks, huh, funny, Todd, I've got those questions. I'd love to learn a little bit more about bringing that to our community or within our school. I know you're on vacation now. We're going into the holidays. But is there a way to, like, get in touch with you or, or learn more about what the Friends of the Cleveland Schools District is doing and sort of Definitely. seeing? How can we do that? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely get uh, – you can find us on Friends of the Cleveland School Friends of the Cleveland School District on a uh, nonprofit page on Facebook. Certainly reach out to me, Todd Davis, on Facebook. But you can also reach out to me at todd.davis.idaho at gmail.com, and I'm happy to answer any questions and give you the whole rundown about how we started our program. And if anybody missed any of that, just get with me here at Good Things, and I'll make sure you get with Todd, because I would love to see that. I'd love to see every school, every middle school, you know, have a working garden, I think, or maybe not for the entire school, but for these, you know, ag classes, and you have your health science classes as you get into, you know, your upper grades, too. And I agree. I mean, kids need to know at least the effort that goes into getting the food on the table, um, and that would reconnect them to, to a lot of good things. And curiosity, too, I think is a good thing, too, when it comes to gardening. So thank you for your time, Todd. Congratulations on this. I know this is just the introduction to it. We will be having men in conversations over the upcoming semesters and years as y'all put this into action there in Cleveland. What's the name of your daughter's team so we can say go what? We are the Mighty Mosquitoes in Cleveland, Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. So go Mighty Mosquitoes. I hope I hope she uh, definitely has a good time and and I guess makes a basket. I don't know basketball, but three pointer is that what I'm asking for? Is that what you want? Yeah, we hope for those one day. Right now we're just working on layups. But thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Todd. You a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll talk soon. Merry Christmas. Thank you. All righty. Mighty Mosquitoes. I love that. I hate Mighty Mosquitoes, but I love that they named their uh, their team that. You guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You've always got the Supertalk app to get us there, your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, and we're on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. And don't forget a Mississippi Christmas with Steve Azar is starting 1224 at 1 p.m. sharp. Wonder what that 1 p.m. designation was for. I'm sure there's a reason. So <laughs> from 8 to 12.59, no Christmas music on Super Talk on Christmas Eve. But come 1 p.m. on Sunday, it's shifting gears here. We've done this several years, and it's well-received, and it's a good time. Santa will be working around the clock this Christmas, and he'll be listening to Super Talk, of course. A Mississippi Christmas with our friend Steve Azar is returning here on Super Talk Mississippi. It starts 1 p.m. Christmas Eve, and then he will play hours and hours and hours of Christmas classics and tunes from Mississippi artists and even a couple of holiday tunes from his guitar. There's some great interviews and conversations and questions that are answered throughout the program. That's a Mississippi Christmas with Steve Azar. It's brought to you by Farm Families of Mississippi. So if you um, are traveling Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, even if it's for short distances and you're just looking for something different for your airways, then keep it on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. You'll get a little Christmas, but also a little conversation. And so a lot of Mississippi um, in the mix as well. If you haven't been over to the Good Things Facebook group lately, you've missed a lot of good headlines. I've just been seeing them and posting them. That is what I do. That is how, what I spend my life doing is searching for the good headlines that you and I should know about our great state and then sharing them with you in the Good Things Facebook group. So I say it all the time, if you're wasting your life on the Book of Faces like I and so many others are, by scrolling, at least have some good headlines to look at. So join our Good Things Facebook group. I mentioned the health science um, class uh, when Mr. Todd from Delta State was talking about the one in Cleveland or potentially something like that being in the one in Cleveland. I mean, they're up to some really good things all throughout the state. I think you have to be a senior. I may get that wrong. I know they are for seniors. It could be juniors, too. Um, and then you can choose kind of which areas of health science that you're interested in. I think there's like a whole interview process. You have to have like good grades and you have to give references from your teachers and all to sort of get into this. And it's an opportunity to see beyond maybe just your normal classroom work to what different fields look like. And then a lot of them choose to give back. And the one in Harrison County uh, did that. Their health science students at Harrison County Career and Technical Center, they helped shelter animals. Um, and they took them took this up for the third year in a row. And they loaded a bus full of pet food, blanket, toys, clothes, shoes for the Humane Society of South Mississippi and was able to make a large donation right in time for for the holidays, which I think is is pretty cool. I think that's pretty good of them. And then sticking too on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Um, this was heat for the holidays just in time for winter, which I think is really, really something special. This was in Ocean Springs. They were able to surprise a lucky couple with a new heating and air system for their home as part of the annual heat for the holidays giveaway. And it was supplied by Ferguson's uh, HVAC or HVAC, if you want to think of it that way. And you think about like things to give away or things to do this time of year, you know, that's that's a big deal. You know, if you don't have air in the summer in the south, 
that's dangerous. But also if you don't have heat in the winter, especially at night, that can get dangerous. Now, I recognize here in Mississippi and on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, we don't always get to those danger lows. But all it takes is one or two nights in it. We don't have to live in it for it to to wreak havoc on on families' well-being. So um, I think that's all. There's only so many blankets in the closet. There's only so many blankets in the closet. And if you say... What does it matter about heat on the Mississippi Gulf Coast? It never snows here. I'd say you're also not in the Good Things Facebook group because there is photographic evidence that back in 1963, <laughs> apparently it snowed during Christmas time on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. It is an amazing photo by Joe Morgan. It was shared by the city of Biloxi. Again, I shared it in the, uh, the group if you want to go find it. And it's the Joe Moran. Joe Moran, sorry. Joe Moran. um, I'm sure that's not the first time that's happened, but Joe Moran, we won't get it right. And you know where the lighthouse is, the iconic lighthouse there in Biloxi. I love the different in decorations from the last 60 years, pretty much. We have elevated the LED. The LED. LED lights has elevated Christmas decor in our cities over the last several decades. Uh, but yeah, you see snow. Like that's not sand. That is, that is snow there on the, uh, right there by the, whatever, what, what, what road is that that goes right in front of the I what? Coast road? Yeah, the coast road. Like is I 10 or I what? Uh, yeah. Whatever it is that's right. Someone's like yelling. Like yes. I'm like, look, I don't drive it that often, but I just know it's the scenic route. Um, through, through that way. So pretty cool stuff, um, to see. Do you remember the first time it snowed? Like here in Mississippi? Do you remember what a, or like ice or snow? Do you remember your first ice or snow experience in Mississippi? I don't really remember the first snow. Like I have fleeting memories of looking out the door and seeing just a blanket of white, but I do. I have seen several pictures, like there's a whole half of a photo album full of pictures from Snow Day, because my younger brother is only 15 months younger than me, so with us being so close, we both experienced our first Snow Day together, so it's just us in these little, for lack of a better term, ski suits. They weren't really ski suits, but they were kind of ski suits. Were they not wind suits packed with a lot of blankets No, this and was like... 88, 89, it was right before the, the windsuits took off. So it was just, just pre-windbreaker. But you're wondering, like, why did we have those? Right. But if Like, who like made it, a run to the Wally World, world and, and got the last ones in that size? By the way, before we keep going, Keith and Debbie, thank you. It's Highway 90 that goes right there in front of uh, down the whatever where the lighthouse and all is. That was the shows in the photo where it's snowing in front of the oh, ocean. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I would have been alive for that, but I don't know. I mean, different. No, that was in Tupelo. So that yeah. was Tupelo. So there are different parts of the state. You know, you're if you're in Corinth or up north On around Tupelo. Daybright Drive. If you're in Tupelo, <laughs> you might have gotten snow more often. As you move centrally or further south, we get it less often. I'm trying to remember how old I was, but I was a tween. I was not a teen. I was not driving. And then I was obviously old enough to be let out my back door to go play without much uh, instruction. But there was an ice storm that came through. It had to be late 90s, mid 90s. You guys may remember it better in that way where it shut everything down for a while. Electricity went out, at least centrally. 
And I that was like the first time I experienced like a life halting because of something cold and the ice storm and our lights went out and mom and we had an insert. I remember mom doing baked potatoes. It was like we were camping baked potatoes over the fire. She was able to cook things out of the out of the deep freeze on the little open fire. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Little Coleman stove. Yeah, I was hanging out with my neighbors. We were taking the um, we were making redneck slides out of all kinds of things to go down the hills because they wasn't snow. I mean, it was. It was ice. Yeah. Um, in that way, the pond had iced over in the back. What and year was that? That's what I'm trying to think. So I, you. 93? Some. 94? 93. So help me out. Like, so I was born in 83. Again, I wasn't driving. So I wasn't 16. I wasn't 15. I wasn't a teenager. I was still, I was probably that 10 to 13 maybe age. I'm trying to, you know, like old enough. Mom was like, go play, have fun. Don't fall in the lake, kind of thing. But you got know. several people on the text line saying ninety four. So it'd been nine, if ninety four, I've been eleven or t- potentially twelve. So yes, that would be correct. So ninety four, and I don't remember how many days it lasted, but I remember being a kid and thinking, "This is the most fun ever." Oh yeah. But now I don't have to go to school. <laughs> Everybody's just hanging out. Nobody's going to work. And I, we had these makeshift appropriate wear that came out of closets i don't i mean you we're not going we weren't going we weren't the skiing family that's just, no. you know, we weren't skiing family so we didn't have like snow suits but some, for, for whatever reason there were warm things and you put on rubber boots with lots of socks and you changed out your gloves and you know you you made it you made it work and i was, was corrected it wasn't day bright it was maynard in tupelo uh-huh. I don't know why I said Daybreak. Who correct? Somebody who knows you had to yeah. correct you. Okay, on that one. I like, was texted. Somebody, somebody was. Jeff uh, in Pontotoc says, I remember the snow of 63. It was on Christmas. Santa brought me a Tonka bulldozer. I remember making roads in the snow. Oh, that's a really cool, uh, really cool memory. And yeah, I remember. That wasn't, someone said it was February of 94, Tiffany and Carrollton's. Yeah, so that wasn't like a white Christmas. But it was just my first time experiencing a winter halt, if you want to call it that, here in Mississippi. Fast forward to the last one we had, however many recently. As a parent, they were less fun. <laughs> Let me just throw that out there. Less fun. Stick with us, though. We got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. For you to do that, incredibly, 
because this is awful. I never said it would be good. I just said after all these years, Cher finally has a Christmas album. I don't know why she felt like she needed one after all these years, but probably there's the reason. But I mean, just listen. That's the reason. Her style does not mix with Christmas whatsoever. No, but she could come up with a great Santa headdress or something for on stage. I don't know. Something sequiny. <laughs> oh, welcome back to Good Things. I hope you enjoyed that because I bet we don't get it all ever again. But I got it one good, <laughs> one good time. Debbie from Ocean Springs, though, if you're just tuning in with us, we were talking about a photo of the lighthouse in Biloxi that you can find on the Good Things Facebook group of when in 1963 it snowed on Christmas Day in or I guess around Christmas there on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and she actually has a snapshot of it in her home, the iconic um, photo, and then she's also got two other really beautiful photos of of the lighthouse. I can only imagine that that has been the backdrop for many great of of Mother Nature's beauty behind the majesty of the the lighthouse, too, so thank you for sharing that, um, Debbie. Jeff and Pontifex said, that is awful. Look, I never said (laughs) it would be something we'd have on repeat. I just said we just needed to throw get, throw her bone and put it in the in the mix so you can at least now have something to talk about how whether you liked it or you didn't like it. But talking about when's the first time you remember having a snow day or an ice a day or just, you know, a winter moment here in Mississippi, I thought, huh, I wonder what the records are for snow in our state. So I went to Google, so don't hold me accountable for anything um, for the records to show. But in Marshall County, in ni- 1960, 63 was a cold year. I'm just going to go on and put it out there. 1963, 64. I think our, it was just a big snowstorm. Maybe it was just a really big snowstorm that obviously covered, feels like, maybe the entire state. Because it all happened, many of them happened on the on the 23rd of December. So I guess they had a lot of grievances to share on uh, Festivus uh, Day of 1963. But Marshall County, you guys saw 18 inches of snow that day. Tunica saw 18 inches. Wayne County, nope, that's not the same day. DeSoto County, same day, 15 inches of snow. Let's see. Nope, that'd be a few days later in 1963. On the 31st, Lauderdale saw 14 inches of snow. And then, oh, Tate County, 14. Yeah, you did. Harrison, 13 so 1960, the, the late December of 1963, as Jeff and Pontotoc said, he remembers, I guess it was quite a system that went through, uh, went through our great. Seems like about every 50 to 75 years, there's just a big old blizzard that makes its way across the Magnolia State. Just scrolling through, Prentice in 1893 is the latest I can find of 14 of 14 inches and then but the 18 inches there was the largest snow one day collected snowfall so not multiple day collected uh collected snowfall green county too on 1963 in 1963 december you got nine in 9.7 i'm like oh that was just every kemper you got snow that day too every, every everybody everybody in 63 just remembers that uh, that particular system or that sort of went through. I don't mind snow. I don't want ice. Ice ruins things. Ice makes people angry. What I say? Eighteen? What for the other one? Here's an eighteen ninety seven one 
in Issaquina. You've got the least on it for two inches of snow in eighteen sixty. I mean, eighteen ninety-seven. Excuse me. Which that was right before. What do they call it? King Blizzard, the the big southern snowstorm of eighteen ninety-nine, where it it snowed pretty much everywhere in the south. the The Gulf Coast had temperatures down to one degree, and you had. I know there's a famous picture of. Is it in Tallahassee in Florida where you had the government people, the the officials on the front steps of the Capitol having a snowball fight? Maybe. Yeah. So if I do it by date, the latest one, and I feel like we've had snow since then, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, Maybe it's just not record-breaking snow. Maybe it's not record-breaking snow. So Itawamba in 2015, that would have been late February, uh, had seven and a half inches of snow because I remember. So that's the newest record to be broken. That's the newest record to be broken. Um, yes. Seven inches in Itawamba. In one day. In one so day. that's not like you have options, but I just did one day or, you know, anyway. So and then the value of that. So that would be. And then the latest, I guess they started recording 19, I mean, 1893. And that was 14 inches in Prentice. So that's the late. Do you say earliest? Like, how does that work? What's the right word? What The latest. The farther back you go in time, it's earliest. The closer right. you get to now, it's latest. So the latest is 2015. The earliest is 1918. Why well, do I want to say 19? Because nobody says 18. Nobody's thinking about the 1800s anymore. 1893. <laughs> will we or will we not get snow? It does feel like, though, all of our snow happens December through february so what you're saying is in about 10 years time we're going to have a whole bunch of snow because you had it in the 1890s you had it in the 1960s 70 years after that would be what 2030s sure oh neely will be a senior i just can't oh time uh someone said i was born about nine months after the 63 snowstorm i'm gonna guess that you weren't alone i'm gonna so that would be August, September of 1964, I wish I had, like, the CIS. Birth records. They would just and pull everything up and see if there was a record-breaking birth in Mississippi in August or September of 1964. Because you would be snowstorm, snowstorm babies for sure. Meridian saw 15 inches. While Bay St. Louis saw ten and a half inches of snowfall, if this was oh in eighteen ninety nine, Jeff and Pontotoc uh, sent that, and Mike in Gulfport said the big one in nineteen fifty one. He was just four, but he remembers it well. And then in two thousand, Dennis and Cleveland said they had eight inches of snow. So. You know, it's it can happen. And then you go, how long does it last? Because then the snow turns into that like. Well, when you start to get inches of snow, like when when you're not talking about a, a, a series of flurries where it's a scattering of snow in the grass, mm-hmm. where it's just it looks like somebody sprinkled flour in the grass. No, when you when you have inches of snow, it starts to insulate itself and it lasts longer. Which is nuts to me because when I was looking at this, I was like, that can't be right. 18 inches. I'm thinking, and first I was thinking, wait, that's only like a foot and a half where if you're going somewhere to ski for Christmas or maybe that's, you know, you're planning that for for early next year, you want them to get feet of snow at a time. And that's mind boggling to me that it can just, 
you know, come down and stick and then you have to shovel and then you have to. I don't think we've ever really hit that point of like now the ice you have to go out and melt and deal with if you want to get out of your driveway. But here in Mississippi, we've never really had to like shovels. Speaking of snow shovels, I did have a thought the other day. I was walking out of a grocery store and right there by the front door where you've got the little tchotchkes like you got the here, get a. A thimble with Mississippi on it, or get a little little tiny spoon. Like I never understood the people. Like I understand it's a collectible, and people collect everything. But little spoons with states that whatever. And you got the umbrellas, and then they had this box, brand new box of snow shovels, and it looks like they hadn't been touched. No, and you don't have to live somewhere. Who that shipped has, snow shovels to Mississippi? Who knows? They were headed back. They were headed. <laughs> they, it has to be positioned on your way back north. So it's like when you get there, if you need one, here you go. But I have friends who moved from moved from Mississippi to Texas, and then they moved from Texas to Colorado, and they only went through one snow route in Colorado, and they're rural Colorado. They pulled their resources, invested in one of those uh, snow plow thingies that you put behind your tractor or your whatever to make making their driveway and their like an industrial sized snow blower. Yes, um, and it's worth from I've seen videos of it. It's a neat little contraption. But if you're having to do that on the daily to get in and out of your not only your driveway but then like to any road that then the county or I guess the state picks up taking care of, you only want. You you over forty. You invested in something like <laughs> you don't want to get out there and have to manually do that every every single time. Like on the ceasefire text line, Lucas and Union. I love the idea of living somewhere where it snows all the time, and I have to shovel it, but mm. I don't want to do it. No, you're mad. I'd be. I'm notoriously like I don't run late, but I run. I'm on the line of late, and so if I forgot that I needed to shovel and didn't. And then you're like, I can't get out of my. So now I'm late. So now I'm late. Now I've added that extra thing I've got to do to get to where I need to be, and you don't know how long that's going to last. And so, but you should be fitter. Maybe that's why they're fitter than we are in Mississippi. There's no shoveling the snow at least yet here. But stick with us. We got more up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. much fun to share nobody's ooing on over how much they like it or hate it but who is it haul and oats hauling oats haul and oats haul and oats sounds like crackling oats (laughs) 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 or maybe an oat muffin or an oat cupcake which would have stayed today is national what it's oatmeal it's national oatmeal muffin Muffin Day, day which is 
Does anybody it's actually like a want slap one? Slap in the face to the the fact that we had Cupcake Day not that long ago. Which I mean, I'm not mad at it. You got good fiber. It's good for your heart health. But I'm like, do you need it's a like day? It's like the antithesis of a cupcake. But do you need a day? Like, are you just so you know insecure that you felt like you needed a national day? Because if people are eating you, it's not because. It's great. They're eating you because they have high cholesterol. Yeah, I was about to say, nobody ever looked at an oatmeal muffin and went, ooh, a treat. (laughs) I got to have this instead of the other one in that way. And it is a way to sort of still get something in the morning that feels like a blueberry muffin, but it's. But it's not. Even the best looking oatmeal muffin looks like survival food. It's just that. I mean, it's not bad. I'm not I'm not knocking it. It's really good. It can be good with like apple butter, or even just a little butter. It's a little denser. I mean, there's places for it because I like oatmeal. I like oatmeal cookies too, though. So oh, I'm not opposed to oatmeal. It's just an oatmeal muffin. Like it, I want a muffin. I want it to be something other than oatmeal. Is there anything better than a blueberry muffin? Hmm. Fresh. That's tough. Like in the muffin world, right? Like in the world of muffins, is there anything better? Than just a perfectly cooked little, I guess you've got the little, um, it's brown on the top, but not too brown, where the, it's moist, but then the um, blueberries haven't popped with a little bit of butter. Do you put the crumbly top on, like, do you want the cinnamon, like, Not on blueberry, top? no. Like the crumbly little top? Like if you're doing, like I've, I've seen muffins done where you... Like the base is applesauce, and you build from there, and then you do the the cinnamon crispy crumble on top of that, mm-hmm. which that was pretty good. That is pretty good. So apparently, the muff the oatmeal muffin has been around since the mid eighteen hundreds. So it's nothing new. They would add raisins, blueberry, blueberries, bananas, other healthy fruits. Often complement the oatmeal muffin. You can even add nuts for a more health benefit and texture too. So today is your day if you are a oatmeal muffin fan. I like out of the two days that are today, which is crazy, it's only two days, then the hard candy. I will go for a Jolly Rancher, like a sucker, or like the this time of year you got Werther well, we could debate whether Werther's originals is considered hard candy or not, but it's still hard. It's still just got a little soft to it. Yeah. But the peppermints that are the cinnamony ones that are not like, not peppermints. They're a little bit thicker and they're red, like all red. So they're, they have a more cinnamon flavor, all that. I'd eat those until my teeth fell out over just Skittles. I can't think summer. of what the name of them are. And they might not even have a name or they have a brand name that was a brand name in what the 30s, 40s, or 50s. And now they're just these. But when I describe it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a sucker, so it's kind of hard candy, but not really. And it it has layers usually, and it's the slightest bit chalky, but not nasty chalky. It's closer to a sweet tart, but it's a sucker. Hmm. Surely somebody knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Or is that just a sweet tart sucker? And I've just never known that. I didn't know they made suckers, sweet tart suckers. I'm all about some sweet tarts. So that's very good. Lucas in Union said, I'd rather eat shoe leather shoe leather, than an oatmeal muffin. It's tied with banana nut as the worst muffin. Hey, I now, like, hey, now. I like banana nut banana bread. Banana nut is awesome. But can you make banana nut 
Do you make muffins? I always thought you made them in loaves. I mean, yeah, you can. And I would say they're much more palatable than an oatmeal muffin. Because the oats don't ever really cook. That's part of the problem. I mean, they may absorb some, but that I mean that's what makes it good for the fiber. It doesn't. It it does its business when it goes through because it's hardier. But you have to chew it, and then there's really no chewing it if it's. You shouldn't really have to chew a muffin anyway. It should just. I don't know. It doesn't dissolve. I know you chew it, but not like chew it. Now I'm just picturing you with a little bag of mini muffins, just <laughs> inhaling them, just not a single chew. <laughs> That is pretty much how it goes down. I mean, you chew, but you don't have to, like, chew. You ain't got to get after it. You, you, like, you're not going to just wolf down a oatmeal muffin. There's going to be some chewing involved, intentional chewing at that. All right, stick with us. You got more up next. You got the boys with Sports Talk. They're going to be with you from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.